Hello everybody, welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, YouTube, the lot. George isn't here this week, but he will be back again very, very soon. The only reason I'm doing this a little bit later than normal is uh, not because I'm in a massive sulk about what happened at Old Trafford, though I'm not in the best of moods about it, um, but actually because I was in the Patrick Kavanagh's in Mosley last night watching the mighty Villa take on Manchester United. A lot of Blues fans in there yesterday, actually. It was a lovely old atmosphere. I had a great time. Met some fantastic people. George from the podcast was there. Roisin, one of our co-founders as well. Had a fantastic time, um, apart from the result. Well, you know... I don't really like football, me, you know, I, a bit like Mark Lawrence, you know, I, it's not for me, I, I, I don't, I don't know why I watch it, to be honest. I felt very Lauro yesterday watching that. Um, Well, where to start, where to start? Well, the first 25 minutes was fun, wasn't it? Uh, That was fun. But I said at halftime when we were 2 nil up, I wrote in a tweet that I have seen Aston Villa be 2-0 ahead against Manchester United too many times in my life and witnessed us cave in to truly ever be confident that we will see this out. And lo and be bloody hold, they came back. I think that's the third time I've seen us be 2-0 up and lose 3-2 to them. On multiple other occasions, I've seen us also take the lead and draw or lose. There's just something about that team, isn't there? That, those, that United. It's like, it's like there's a code in the universe that even if Aston Villa were prime Pep Guardiola era Barcelona with Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, the works, if they were all at Aston Villa and Man United were in non-league football, and we drew them in the FA Cup, third round, as usual, we'd be 2-0 up, and somehow, non-league United would come back and win 3-2, and Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta would come out, what, they all just bloody happened? What, what was that? Well, you tell me, because I don't know. Well, look, it's been an absolutely fantastic 2023 under Professor Unai Emery. It has been a fantastic season under Professor Unai Embry. We rode a bad result every now and again, and that was a bad result. So let's have a think about it. The first 25 minutes, I was sat there in the Patrick Kavanaugh's looking around at everyone going, I cannot believe that I now support a football team that gets the ball in defence and watches a Man United player close them down at Old Trafford and doesn't care, just takes it easy, passes it back to another centre-back, passes it to the keeper. The keeper goes, oh, I'll take my time. Oh, there's a full-back through. Pass it out to him. We push forward and we cause them a load of problems. And we just dominate them for 20 minutes, score two goals. I was like, I, I just, this is it. Like This is This is real. And the two goals, Austin McPhee earned his stripes, didn't he? Leon Bailey being naughty to Andre Anana. Runs off. Ball into the box from Super John McGinn. Top, ends up in the top corner somehow. 
Anana could do better. Uh, second goal, corner to the back post. Long lay, header back to Dendonka, finish. So, first 25 minutes, it was dreamland. Villa pressed ferociously. We kept the ball beautifully. Man United looked like a team that were there for the taking because they were there for the taking, having just been rubbish at uh, West Ham. Not having probably their full-strength team, though it was not far off it. And then... I cannot tell you because I don't really know why, but Aston Villa, who have no not been the Villa of old, you know, we keep saying this, don't we? The Villa of old would do this. The Villa of old would do that. Professor Unai's Villa don't do this. Somehow, we reverted to the Villa of old. And for the final 15 minutes of the first half, for some reason, allowed Manchester United to just, come back into it and to outfight us. It kind of felt like that, didn't it? Outfighting, which is a very Steven Gerrard way of looking at the world, isn't it? I just need a moment of magic. I just need better players. I just need, you know, players to work harder. Yeah, well, it's all well and good working hard when your team structure's garbage and you can run around. I mean, I could work. I could probably play in the Premier League and run... 10 miles if you want me to a game, you're not going to win because I'm not good enough. Right? But yesterday did feel a little bit like, after that first 25 minutes, they did kind of just overpower us and overwhelm us. And it got into our heads a bit. And the comfort we were showing on the ball in the first 25 minutes evaporated because we started to just get a little bit jittery on the ball, didn't we? When we passed it into Leon Bailey in the first 25 minutes, he was selling his man one way. He was keeping the ball. He was making his passes. But then when it got to him after the 25-minute mark, it just wasn't quite sticking or he'd look up and the pass wasn't on. It was like United had worked out the press instruction and what to do or they were working a little bit harder. Um, we'd knock a ball at Solly Watkins. who was just not there. Jacob Ramsey was kind of anonymous. But the thing I really noticed, and bearing in mind I'm, I'm in a pub, you know, and it, there's lots of people in there singing and dancing and, uh, you know, lots of chat going on. So it's a bit harder to kind of focus on the tactical minutiae of the game. But what I did observe was something I think I observed at Newcastle when we lost 5-1 and something I think, think I observed at Anfield when we lost 3-0. And that was that Douglas Louise looked very, very lonely in the centre of the park. Bubakar Kamara being missing obviously is a big miss. We simply can't replace him. For years we were crying out for a CDM. We finally got one uh, and he's made a massive difference to the team. Um, sadly, he got a very foolish red card and I think we missed him against Sheffield United and I think we missed him. I think we missed him again at Old Trafford. Um, but... It felt like Louise and Dendonka were very far apart. And it felt like Dendonka just didn't have the pace and physicality to kind of ferociously press for 90 minutes in the way you think Kamara can. And he's not as good on the ball as Kamara, as simple as that. But it did feel like him and Louise were miles apart from each other. And it felt like Louise just looked really lonely. You know, it's he's on a dating app and no one's matching with him. 
He's an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, Easter Island, looking around, thinking, where is everybody? And looking around, and there's boats have sailed in from all over. And he's like, well, who are all this lot? What? Where's all my teammates? Um, Because you saw it when Diego Carlos made that very silly pass into mid into the feet of Louise when he clearly was not the pass to make because again he got jumped on by Bruno Fernandes and he had multiple Manchester United players around him it felt like there were just a lot of players around um Louise and there were very few Villa players for him to pass to it felt like Villa had a lot of the ball in defense but looking forward after the 25 minute mark it just felt like I absolutely have no idea where to pass this. And that's partly credit to Manchester United, who fought back very, very well. Uh, but it's also partly similar to what happened at Liverpool and Newcastle. So you think, is this something we need to work out? Because we, you, if this is a thing you can do to Villa, where you can swamp them in the middle, well, then... United won't be the last team to do it to us. There will be other teams who start doing this. So definitely something to think about there. But it just felt like the passing out from the back, there was nothing on after the 25-minute mark to me. It felt to me also like Concert was quite isolated out there on the right. I think he did a good job against Rashford for the most part, but it felt like he had a lot to do. Not only trying to press forward, but also covering Rashford who always wants to bomb in around over the back and I said on the podcast the other day I said I think what United are going to try and do is they might actually cede more possession than usual it turns out they did they only had 45% to our 55% and they might sit a little deeper and then once they win the ball back very quickly they'll knock it over the top which is exactly what they did last year to us at Old Trafford when they won 1-0 and it's also what they just did they did it, or they did it on occasion yesterday. A lot of the time we caught them offside in the first half. And I do theorise as to whether when we were catching them offside constantly in the first half, was that partly rousing Manchester United to think something's on here and rousing the crowd because they were getting in and getting chances even though they were all offside? And I wonder if that's just built a bit of momentum for them and kind of got into us a little bit and made us a little less sure of ourselves. Because football, it is a mental game as well sometimes. Well, it is. It's totally a mental game all the time. Uh, and I wonder whether sometimes you just got to say a team just outdoes you physically and mentally. And they got their backs up. They found a way through us. They fought hard. They exploited a weakness that we might have in the centre where Louise was so isolated and the Nonka wasn't really Kamara and made the most of it. And it just felt like they were constantly coming back at us over and over again. And eventually that is very, very tiring to deal with. And eventually the bomber will get through particularly if it's Man United at Old Trafford. So, uh, look, um, the first goal we conceded, it's a repeat of what Diego Carlos did at Bournemouth when we conceded the first goal. First 10 minutes of Bournemouth, we were absolute cruise control. I thought, my goodness, 
away from home, we've solved the, we've cracked the nut, we've got gone there, controlled it, and we're going to get our goal soon. Instead, Carlos passed it straight to their midfielder and Semenyo scored from it. Okay, it did exactly the same pass to Louise, who was not the player on, and you just slightly fear, oh, is this an issue here? Because a lot of his long balls didn't work for me yesterday either with his distribution. I thought he played he's played very well at, in at times when he's been back, but that distribution there was a repeat of what he did at Bournemouth. Um, and I felt after that mistake, I thought he looked quite shaky, and I did wonder if Professor Unai should have taken him off uh, and brought put Conser back into the centre and perhaps put somebody at right back. I know Matty Cash wasn't available, so perhaps that option just wasn't on anyway for him. Um, but regardless... The second goal came down our left-hand side where Luca Dean had just gone off. Bear in mind, uh, Dean and... Oh, sorry, uh, Moreno and Ramsey are both coming back from long injuries. Moreno's been out for 10 months with a really brutal injury. Ramsey's coming back from, you know, a long spell on the sidelines. And the two of them are not going to be up to speed yet and are going to take time. I do think the left-hand side for Villa, we were fantastic there last season with Ramsey and Moreno. When they get to play with Pau Torres as well, as the season develops, I do think the left-hand side is going to become much more effective for us in attack if those three get to play together regularly on the left side as the season progresses. I think that's where Villa will become much more threatening than we perhaps have been for most of this season just because of the volume of injuries we've had out there. But yesterday, I thought Ramsey was anonymous. Moreno just he actually did all right. We're pushing forward, but you know, got caught by for the second goal. Uh, and obviously, Longley is not Pau Torres. Um, so we have to be patient with that side, I think. Again, like I say, because they're all coming back from injury and you're dealing with a Manchester United that's got their backs up. And Garnacho is a super player as well. And then uh, the third goal, this is where I am pretty frustrated as well, is that this is not the first time we've conceded a goal where a corner's come into the area. We've managed to kind of head it away the first time and then the ball falls and the opposition team scores. Tottenham did it to us through La Celso. Liverpool did it to us through Soboslai. Another team did it to us recently and I've completely forgotten who it was. And now Manchester United have done it to us. And would you believe Rasmus Hoyland? You know, when I say Professor Unai has made Villa not classic Villa, he has ended so many of our hoodoos. But yesterday... 2-0 up at United and lose 3-2. And then a striker who never scores, scoring against us. That is a real throwback. That is retro Villa in a way that I never wanted to see again. So look, I thought something went wrong in the centre of the park. I think we just seeded. It. it was like a game of risk where they threw all their men into, you know, the centre of the board and you kind of look around going, oh, bloody hell, I'm surrounded now. Uh, and we had no real options to play through our passing channels. And Longley obviously isn't as good a distributor as our Torres, who may have helped solve some of those issues by pressing forward and pushing a ball you know, into Ollie Watkins' feet. Because Watkins, to me, kind of looked anonymous yesterday. Didn't really seem involved at all, from what I can remember. But first 25 minutes, great. 
Jekyll, second 75 minutes, Mr. Hyde. I don't know, I can't even remember which was the good guy and the bad guy in that scenario. But whichever way it was, you know what I mean. Um got to bounce back from it. I'm wearing my scarf here and I've just worn it around Solihull Town Centre because I wanted to prove, you know, just in case any of these blue noses walking around see me and they're like, you know, give me a bit of abuse for the for the results. Uh I I'm I'm nah, I'm, I'm wearing the I'm I'm proudly wearing my Villa stuff around and I saw a fair few Villa fans walking around Solihull too. So we're all loud and proud still. Burnley next. Do you know what? Classic Villa would be to then go on and get a really disappointing result against Burnley in a game where you're absolutely expected to win. In the Martin O'Neill era, that is what we would have done. And that is why we didn't get into the Champions League places, right? Surely... Villa have to look at Burnley and think they will try to play against us. We have to be able to outplay them and just beat them in the way we beat them at their place. But they have just got an away result at Fulham, a 2-0, right? And Fulham had just come off the back of two great results. So Burnley, do not underestimate them. They will fancy their chances now. Sheffield United have showed a, a template to play against a fifth against if you're the team that you think is going to cede more of the possession, the 5-4-1. A few teams have done that low block to us and we've struggled to break through it. So that's something to learn from. Manchester United away, Liverpool away, Newcastle away, swamped in the middle. Swamped in the middle. And then as soon as they swamp us there and they get into their pressing structure, we struggle to play out from the back. That is something else that we need to fix. I'm sure Professor and I will. So, you know, in the second half of this season, this season has been brilliant. But obviously teams are going to have a better template to play against us, I think. And that's just something we have to deal with. That's the nature of being a, a really good side. Teams prepare better for you. Um, I think we'll bounce back against Burnley. I think we will. I back these players. I bounced back from, you know, tribulations before. That is a brutal result, being 2-0 up at Old Trafford and losing 3-2. That is tough. So mentally, it's a lot to deal with. And we've had a lot of games this month. And we were missing Kamara, Pau Torres, Buendia, obviously Mings isn't there. Uh, you're missing uh, and Ramsey and Moreno both coming back from injuries. So, you know, but same time, a lot of other teams have got injuries. Tottenham have had a load of them. Uh, United themselves have had a load of them. Um, Newcastle have had a real problem with that. So that's just something you've got to deal with. And, you know, a lot of games this month. It's been a fantastic month. Some amazing results. Um, but let's end it really positively with a result against Burnley, who, like I say, will try and take it to us. And, you know, don't underestimate them at all. But you know what? Don't underestimate this Aston Villa team. Don't underestimate Professor Unai. Let me know what you think the score will be. Let me know what you think went wrong at Old Trafford. But, hey, we're thinking positively. What a year it's been. What a season it's been so far, and I'm sure things will keep on the up and up. Up the mighty. Good luck.